All right. Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, good to be back at God's Word Baptist Church. It's good to have Pastor Stewart here this morning. The last couple times I've been here, he's not been in good enough health to be here. Uh, so I'm happy he's uh, back to at least somewhat better health. And I guess it means i got to be a little bit more careful now what I preach. I don't want to get shot or kicked out or throw anything at me or anything like that. But it is good to be here. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4 this morning. Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> Just would like to give you something that God's kind of, I guess, shown me in my life, uh, worked in my heart about, and uh, just something that uh, means something important to me, and hopefully maybe it can just be a blessing to you this morning. But we're going to go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 15. Paul speaking to this church at Philippi says this, He says, now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again into my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit uh, that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for uh, just an opportunity to be in church. Thank you, Lord, for the sun outside and uh, just a nice day that you've given us. And uh, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we have a reason to be here this morning, that we serve the true and the living God, uh, that we have a, a word of God that's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, um, that, Lord, it can speak to our hearts, and God, it can convict, it can change lives, it can save, it can do so many things. And, Father, that's the purpose of why we're gathered here this morning, Lord, not to hear from a man, but to hear from your word. And so, Father, I pray you bless the people gathered here this morning, Lord, being faithful to come out and. A Sunday morning to Sunday school to learn more about you. And I pray you bless their faithfulness, speak to their heart, make yourself real to them, God, in, in whatever way you see fit, whether it's the topic of, of the lesson this morning or maybe it's something completely different. I pray you'd speak to them. I pray, Father, that, that you'd please uh, just cover me in the blood of, of your son, that you'd cleanse me of sin, self, and pride, that, Lord, there'd be nothing in my heart, uh, Lord, that would hide your power or your help for me right now, because, God, I sure do need it. And I pray you just calm my mind and my nerves right now, give me the word to say, and Lord, let it be pleasing and glorifying to you, and just a help to these dear folks, thank you for their faithfulness, uh, Lord, thank you for their pastor, and just God, their, their willingness to do what's right, and to stay faithful to you. So God, please help us today, please speak to our hearts, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to ask a question first off to start, how many of you know who George Mueller is? How many of you know who George Mueller is? Okay, so some of you know who that is. Um, so growing up, I, I really enjoyed reading, and one thing I like to do uh, as far as like books I like to read was biographies of just spiritual men, men of the faith that had done great things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and of course, you know, I'm thankful for the Bible, I'm thankful for a book that we can read, and God can show us things and tell us things, but it's always cool to me to see uh, men who are, are closer to, to my generation than maybe the Bible generation, but who did some great things for God, who lived according to the Word of God, and God blessed them in a great way. And probably the man who had the biggest impact on my life as far 
far as someone I never actually met but read about uh, was George Mueller. And George Mueller was a man who lived in England. Uh, I believe actually he was born in Germany, but he lived in England most of his life. He lived in the uh, 1800s. Uh, and he was a pastor, he was a preacher, but the main um, focus he had on his life was helping orphans. And through the course of his life, he started five orphanages, and he helped over 10,000 orphans just through the course of his ministry, through his work, and he did a a great uh, work for the Lord Jesus Christ. But one of the things that stuck out the most to me about George Mueller uh, was that he was a man of great faith. And he was a man who trusted the Lord that God would provide for his needs. That if he put God first, if he, if he gave, if he was willing to just say, God, you know my needs and I'm doing what you're supposed, what you've told me to do, that you're going to provide for me. And it's pretty amazing that he was a man who never went into debt or went without. And I mean, he, he didn't live a life where he saved up a bunch of money and had a big bank account. I mean, he literally lived day to day. He lived in such a way that he would pray and ask God to provide his needs and, and God would do it. And then if he had left over, like he would give that to someone or put it towards the ministry. Like, like he just, he lived by faith. I'm not sure exactly how much money, I, don't, I didn't have this written down, but something along the lines of the equivalent of millions of dollars passed through the hands of George Mueller in his life. Uh, just from people just out of the blue giving to him, uh, just saying, hey, God laid this on my heart to provide for your ministry or for your orphans. And it was amazing what God did. Uh, with this man in his life, and he had kind of the mentality, and his kind of catchphrase was, ask God, not man. And one of the things that really stuck out to me about George Mueller as well uh, was that he, he didn't go around asking people for money. I mean, he had needs. I mean, he had five orphanages. He had his own family needs, his own personal needs. Uh, but he would just trust God and, and say, Lord, you know, he would pray about it to start an orphanage or, or do a work in the ministry and say, okay, God, you told me to do this. I'm going to trust that you're going to provide. And he'd pray and he'd get it serious with God and, and God would do amazing things. I mean, like he would normally walk, cause like I said, this is the 18th century. Uh, so he would, you know, walk to, to his orphanage from his house and stuff. And he said, there'd be days, cause I've read many biographies and, and just his life story and stuff. And there'd be many days where he'd be walking and for some reason he'd say, well, maybe I'm going to go this, this path instead of this normal way that I'd go. And he'd go walking down this path and there'd be a need and he'd be praying about it. And all of a sudden some random person would come up and be like, Hey, you're George Mueller, right? And he'd be like, yeah. I was like, Oh, well, I know this sounds crazy, but just, uh, God laid this on my heart and I'm going to give you this money for your work. And it'd be exactly what they would need for that day. There were stories where, uh, you know, they'd sit down at the, at the orphanage and, and, and because they just lived day by day in faith and have a bunch of money left over. And so sometimes they would literally have to pray up until their meal for God to provide. And there was one instance where that's what they were doing. They didn't have food for the orphans. And so they said, okay, we're just going to sit here and we're going to pray that God provides. And after a couple of minutes, there's a knock on their door. Uh, and this man uh, says, Hey, I know you don't really know me. He says, but I, I deliver bread and, and milk. And he said, my, 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 I thought it was their vehicle broke down or something along the lines of he couldn't get it to where it needed to go. And he said, this is all going to go to waste. He said, could you have a use for this? I was like, yeah, they had food for that meal. And it's just, it's, it's hard to explain. I encourage you, if you ever get a chance, read about the life of George Mueller. But God really did some great things in that man's life. And, and to me, the challenge was to try to put my faith in God just like George Mueller did. And I'm not going to say I have anywhere close to the faith George Mueller had. But it really was, and the topic kind of this morning we're going to talk about is God's provision and just trusting that if I'm faithful to do what God tells me to do and faithful to give, that God's going to provide for me and God's going to take care of me. And I will just say that, that God's been faithful to me as I've done my best to do that. And so just jumping down, that's kind of the, the thought and kind of in my life how what got me thinking of this and studying it and, and all that kind of thing. But we come back here to Philippians chapter 4. 
where um, Paul's talking to this church at Philippi, and, and we find this verse that's a very familiar verse, probably a very uh, well-quoted verse, and that's verse number 19 that the Bible says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and, and I'm thankful that that's true today. I'm thankful that God can provide our need. Now, that doesn't say our want or every single desire or everything we wish for in our life, but God is faithful to provide our needs, that if we really do have a need, God will take care of us. But I want you to notice that God promises to take care of our needs if we use what we have to help others' needs. And that's the thing. Many times we like to quote this verse and we like to talk about how God's going to be faithful to provide our needs, and he does, But really, when you look at the context of this passage, Paul is writing to this church at Philippi uh, about the needs that he had and that they gave to help him with their needs. Um, If you look in verse number 15, it says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. And so, of course, Paul had needs. I mean, he's a missionary. He's traveling around. He's doing the work of God, and he needed to eat. He needed, you know, whatever money to pay for things. And he tells this church at Philippi, he says, at the beginning, no church communicated. No church really gave or supported me except yourselves. He said, but ye were faithful uh, and sent once and again unto my necessity. He said, you were faithful to give to me and support me as I was trying to do the work of the Lord. And that's why then he brings up God's going to supply your need. It wasn't just, well, you're just living your life focused on yourself and being selfish and hoarding and and keeping everything and God's going to take care of you. He was telling them, hey, you're being faithful to give and because you're being faithful to give and follow the Lord as he leads you, God will supply your need. And I'd like to say this morning too, that just like this church at Philippi helped Paul with his need, we ought to help others when they have a need. That that's part of the duty God has given us is when people have a need to be willing to give and support and help them. Keep your spot here, but go to uh, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And verse number 17. Look what the Bible says here. 1 John 3.17, the Bible says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And you know what? I think all of us sometimes can be guilty of talking about how we love God and talking about how we love others, but yet when it actually comes to performing the actions of love and putting that to the test, we, we kind of fall short of that. And that's what John says here. He says, if you have good and you see that a brother have a need and you shut up your bowels of compassion, you don't, you don't follow the Lord's leading and helping that person out, how can you really say that the love of God is in you, that you really have a love for that person? Right? We shouldn't just talk about loving others. We shouldn't just talk about caring for missions and missionaries and the work of the Lord or even our brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe in the church, who have a need or some problem arises and, and, and we have an ability to help them and not just say, oh yeah, I love you. I hope you have, you know, I hope this works out for you. But if God lays it on your heart, 
to be willing to give to help that need. And that's what this church at Philippi did, right? They had the ability to help Paul out and they didn't just say, oh yeah, we love you, Paul. You know, we're for what you're doing, Paul. You know, bless, bless you, Paul, because you're, you're doing the work of the Lord. You know, God will take care of you because that's, you know, we're awful spiritual in that way. Oh yeah, we'll pray for you, brother. But they actually said, no, we're going to put our money where our mouth's at. We're going to actually do some things to support you and help you because God's given us the ability to do that. And church, in our lives, when, when God gives us that opportunity, and that doesn't mean that we have to give a million dollars to every missionary that comes through, or if a family in our church has an issue, that we have to give all our bank account. But there are times, I do believe, where God does lay it on our heart to give to a missionary. Or to give to someone in the church that has, they're, they're going through something and they, they could use some help from a brother or sister in Christ. And how can we sit here and say that we really love God and love them when, when we have the opportunity to give and help them out, we, we don't take advantage of it when the Lord tells us to do it. And so we ought to be willing to help others when they have a need. And I'd like to say too that God rewards those who give. God rewards those who give. When I, when I think of the life of George Mueller, I see of a man who was rewarded because he gave. Right? Not just did he have the faith of, like I said, trusting that God provide his needs, but man, he was faithful, even with the little he had, to be a blessing and a help to others as they had a need as well. But back in uh, Philippians chapter 4, in verse number 17, Paul's saying about them giving to him, and he says in verse number 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And Paul's saying about the giving that they're giving him. He's not just saying, I, just, I don't just want this because I want something from you, but I want some fruit that's going to be given to your account. And folks, when we're willing to give when God tells us to, there's fruit that's added to our account. Man, when a missionary comes through and they, they give their burden of their ministry and you know maybe you don't have a lot of money, but God says, hey, give that money, that's, and you do... There's fruit that's added to your account. When that missionary goes to his mission field and does the work of the Lord and people get saved and Christians get help and, and the Lord's work, that's added to your account because you had a part in that. When a brother or sister has a need and, and, and you're willing, to, there's fruit added to your account. And I believe part of that is rewards in heaven that we'll get because of it. But I also believe we're going to get kind of into this and, and, and the longer we go into this message, uh, God blesses us here on this earth, right? God rewards those who give to him. And are faithful to do what he tells them to do. But I I don't want you to miss here in Philippians chapter 4. That this church at Philippi sacrificed to help Paul with his needs. They sacrificed. It wasn't just that they had a bunch of leftover money in their bank. Or a surplus of supplies and said well we don't have anything better to give this to. So let's give it to Paul. But it was a sacrifice. If you look in verse number 18. Paul says, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus. I can't speak this morning, but that guy's name. The things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. He says it was a sacrifice. Meaning, once again, it wasn't just, oh, I have this left over. I mean, these, these people at Philippi, they had families. They had needs. They needed to eat. They had bills. They had all a bunch of things that they probably needed to use this money for and these possessions or whatever it was that they gave to Paul. But you know what they were willing to do? Put someone else in front of themselves and sacrifice to give to him. And yeah, like I said, I mean, we say this first, but why do you think Paul had to tell this church, but my God shall supply all your need? 
Probably because from a human perspective, they looked at it and said, well, I don't know how we're going to fulfill our need because we just gave what we needed to somebody else. And Paul was saying, hey, God's going to take care of you because it was a sacrifice. And the reality is a sacrifice cost you something. When's the last time we sacrificed for the Lord or for somebody else? Go to, once again, keep your spot here, but go to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 and verse number 41. Mark 12 and verse number 41. The Bible says this, and Jesus sat over against the treasury and behold, the people cast and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto them his disciples and said unto them, verily, I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury for all they did cast of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And so they're at the temple and Jesus is watching as people are coming by and, and, and giving to the, to the temple, to the work of God. And man, it says there are people that, man, they, they came and they gave bunches of stuff. Like they had a bunch of money to give. But you notice Jesus didn't stop the disciples and say, oh, hey, you see that guy? You see how much money he gave? And you see that person? And, and man, what a, what a big sum. All of a sudden there's this little old widow woman who has just two mites that most people would look at me like, oh, that's not that much. That's not that important. That's not that big of a deal. But Jesus, hey, hey, hold up a second. Hey, disciple, did, did you see what she did? Man, there's many people that give, and they're just giving of their abundance. They're just giving because they have extra. But this lady, even though in man's eyes it's not a whole lot, she gave all that she had. And she said, I want to point that out, and I want to pay attention to that. And look, I'm not saying this morning that God expects you to give everything that you have. Or that God always expects you to, to give sacrificially to where you're like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I just, I'm going to give. I'm not saying God always does that. But the reality is, I do believe there are times in our life where God does want us to sacrifice to Him. I do believe there are times in our life where God wants to sacrifice us to sacrifice in giving to someone else, even when maybe we have a need or a want. But in all honesty, that's almost a foreign concept to us in America. And I mean, praise the Lord. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to, to be blessed or to have abundance or, or to not have to worry like month by month where your money's gonna, or your, 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 the money for the bills or food. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But the reality is, I mean, I've been in churches where it's not like, well, we're gonna sacrifice this money that we could, we, we need for something else to give to a missionary. It's like, well, we don't want to give this money because this is our extra money in case something goes bad so we have enough to, to take care of a problem because we, we don't give a missionary that. We have to keep it for ourselves. And we're not even willing to sacrifice something like that. Why? Because we're so used to being comfortable. We're so used to being in control of everything where we feel safe and we feel secure. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But the reality is, is that's not the mentality this church at Philippi had. They say, well, sorry, Paul, we have our own needs and we have our own things to take care of. So we can't give to you. It was, man, this is kind of scary because we don't know what's going to happen. But God's laid it on our heart to give to you, Paul. So that's what we're going to do. 
And when really is the last time it was a sacrifice for you to give to God? And once again, I'm not saying that means we have to look around and say, oh, I have, I have money in my bank. I better get rid of all of it because God's not pleased. That's, that's not what I'm saying this morning. But there have been times in my life where I've, I've had something coming up, uh, you know, uh, you know, a procedure or something that I needed money for. And we had a missionary come through and God said, they have this need. Why don't you give that money to them? And I'm like, but God, I, I have this thing I need to eat. And God's like, no, you need to do this. And he does that sometimes. And are you willing to sacrifice just like this church at Philippi did? Because sometimes it takes a sacrifice and many times we don't sacrifice because we're afraid God won't supply our need. That's really when push comes down to shove, we can mask it in any way, shape or form we want. But it's our fear. And I'm not saying like that's like, man, we're all so wicked because that's a normal human response to those things is to be like this. I I can't do this. It doesn't make sense. But God doesn't always make sense to us. And God sometimes tells us to do things that aren't man's ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And I've been guilty of that where God's told me to do something or to give something. And I've said, sorry, I I can't because of my fear that I wouldn't be taken care of if I did that. But we see this church at Philippi was willing to sacrifice for Paul. And that's why Paul said, hey, God's going to supply your need. God's going to take care of you because you're willing to take care of of others when he tells you to. And so keep that in mind. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, continuing kind of this thought. Start talking off about uh, God, us, us giving to God and even sacrificing to God when he tells us to. And once again, I can't stress that enough. It's something you should do when the Lord leads you to do it. Not just, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to flippantly do this thing, like follow the Lord's leading. But I look at some about his provision, though, when, when we do give. But Matthew chapter 6, and let's go to verse number 24. Matthew 6 and verse number 24, the Bible says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet of your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which one of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And I know doctrinally this is a, of the, the, the message of the kingdom, and he's speaking to Jews here and, and that such thing, but I still believe we can take the principles of what Jesus is saying to this in this passage to, to, to us, right? And he's saying here that, that God promises to take care of us if we put him first. 
But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's a promise from God. That's the Lord telling you that if you put Him first, He is going to take care of you. But Jesus tells us that we have a choice to make. In verse number 24, no man can serve two masters. For either, will he, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Each one of us has to make a choice of, of what's more important to us. It doesn't say, once again, it's wrong to have money, or if you have money, you're serving mammon or anything like that. But there are times, I I promise you, there are times where you're going to have to make choices in your life between money or doing what God wants you to do. There have been times in my life where I've had to make choice between I have this thing I want or even this thing I need and I'm saving up this money and wanting to do it. And God comes along and says, no, give this to me instead. And I have a choice to make. Do I serve God or do I serve mammon? No man can serve two masters. And we need to be willing to make that choice to serve the Lord. And understand everything that's intended with that, the fear, the worry, the, but God, I want this other thing. And I mean, I'm faithful to church and I taught, I'm not saying it's like a wicked thing. Like we're like, all oh, just hating God and not living for the Lord. But it's difficult at times, but we have a choice to make. And can I say our choice shouldn't always be based on our needs because God provides. Because that's that's the majority of the time why people don't give to the Lord when God tells them to. Because it's it's a, a normal human thing of I have this I have this need I can't. I mean I've literally talked and I just they say I can't do this because I have this need. That's not a wicked thing. It's not a wrong thing. It's not they hate God. It's a serious. I just I don't see how it could work if I did so I I can't do that. But did you see through this passage what God said about how He cares for you and me? And that if he, if he clothes the lily of the field and provides for the sparrow, that, that you're of much more value than those things. And that if God cares enough about the, the animals and the grass and all those to take care, isn't he going to take care of you? And so I'm not saying we'd be foolish and once again just have this attitude of like, oh, well, I'm just going to sell everything I have and get rid of all the money in my bank account because God's just going to take... I'm not saying to do that because if God didn't tell you to do that, that's kind of foolish to do. But I am saying if there are times and there will be times where God comes to you and says, I know you have this need, but instead of using your money for this need, I want you to use it for this thing. I want you to do it to you need to trust him that he will provide and take care of you because he promised to do it and he will do it. But you know what? Jesus knows mankind. And even points out in this passage our tendency to have little faith. In verse number 30, it says, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? I mean, the reality is it's hard for us to trust God at times. And even in my own life, when I've seen God provide for me, and I've seen God take care of me, and I've seen God... It's still the next time I have to do it hard to trust God that he's going to do it again. But he's been faithful. And we need to have the faith that God will provide. Because he's told us he would and it made God a liar if he didn't. We need to trust the Lord. And he will provide if we do it his way. Once again, seek ye first, verse 33, the king of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. It's conditional. 
Once again, but my God shall supply all your need. But when you're giving to him, and many times we as Christians think we can live contrary to the Bible, but still get the blessings of the Bible. And if you live a life of selfishness and a life of, well, I'm just going to focus on myself and take care of myself and worry about myself, don't expect God to provide for you because you're not putting him first. Because you're not doing the things that he told you to do. But when we live according to the word of God, he does take care of us. When we're faithful to him, he is faithful to us. And can I tell you this morning that if you give to God and to others, God will give to you. And I can say that from the word of God, and we're going to look at some verses here, but I can say that from looking at the life of George Mueller and seeing how he gave and God took care of him. I can say that in my own life where I've seen God been faithful to me because I've done my best to give to others. And I'm not some man of great faith. I'm not some spiritual giant. Or, but I have tried to take some of these things. I'm not anywhere near to like the life George Mueller lived. But I do. I mean, I try to be faithful to give some missionaries monthly and, and try to have that attitude and that mentality of giving and, and focusing on being willing to give even if I have needs. And you know what I've found? God has taken care of me. And it's scary at times, right? Because, you know, from a worldly perspective and the flesh being like, well, if you put that money that, you know, you, 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 you give to others or give to missions, I mean, you'd have a lot more money in the bank and you'd be a lot more financially secure and maybe you could do some things now that you can't do because you've given. And I'm human, so that's sometimes like, man, am I being stupid with this? I mean, I've had that thought. Man, is this foolish of me to give because what, what about the things that I need as just a normal, I need to take care of? but God's taking care of me. Man, when God called me to move out here from Pennsylvania, you know, I'm looking at my bank account and being like, moving truck's going to be really expensive. Furniture's going to be really expensive. It's crazy expensive to live out in Washington. There's a bunch of... How's this going to work? And yeah, that whole thought, well, man, if you just had saved up your money instead of giving to those missionaries and giving to this thing, man, you'd, you'd be set. So see what's stupid. But you know what God, he provided for me. Man, Faith Baptist Church paid for my moving truck and paid for the gas to come out here, which was a, a big expense. I worked at a furniture store before I moved out here, and the furniture store gave me $2,000 worth of furniture for free when I moved out here. You know, the housing market's crazy out here, and I'm looking, it's like over $1,000 for just a small little apartment, and long story short, the Lord, when I moved out here, gave me an apartment for really cheap rent. That I'm like, how did this work out? I mean, I've even had, I've gone on a walk and talked to one of my neighbors and we're talking about stuff and I was telling him about the, you know, where I lived and he's like, how'd you get this place? And for that much, and I, he literally said like five times, I can't believe you got this place for that much. And I just kept saying, it's the Lord, like the Lord, what? But you know what I believe it was? Not to, like I'm a, but I've tried to be faithful to live according to these principles. And say, God, I'm going to put you first and I'm going to be, try to be wise with my money and try to be smart and not just, you know, take finances flippantly. But if you tell me to give, I'm going to give. And God said, okay, then I'm going to take care of you when you have a need. No, I don't have a bunch of money in the bank account. Yes, there are still times where I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. But I've found out that God can take care of me a lot better than I can take care of me. And that when I'm faithful to him, he's been faithful to me. So let's look at some verses about that, though, about if we give to God, he'll give to us. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6.
Luke chapter 6, verse number 38. And that's not the only time, too, that God's provided for me or done something amazing. It's like, wow, this was the Lord, and it's pretty amazing. But Luke chapter 6, and verse number 38, the Bible says, Give, and it shall be given. This is Jesus speaking. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, withal it shall be measured to you again. What Jesus say? It's pretty Give, and it's going to be given unto you. Right? You're faithful to give. God's going to be faithful to give back to you. And, but you know what he says here? He says, with the same measure that ye meet, withal it shall be measured to you again. Right back at the time if they were doing a transaction or whatever and they had a, a measuring device and giving, you know what he said? Hey, if you have a, a big, bigger you know, measuring cup or however you want to put it, guess what? When people give to you, it's going to be a bigger measuring cup. It's going to be the same thing back to you. But you're stingy. You're holding everything back. You're trying to give as little as you can. Then when it comes back to you, that same thing is going to be given. And I wonder how many times God's had this dump truck load full of what he wants to give to us. But yet, he's looked at our life and said, I can't give you this because when I told you to give, you were pretty, you know, pretty tiny in, in what you gave. And that was the, the measure that ye meted out. But man, give to God. Give and it shall be given to you. Go to Galatians uh, chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And verse number 7. Galatians 6 and verse number 7. The Bible says this, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And look, just a lot of times, at least me, because I can be dumb and be very critical, you know, a lot of times we take this verse as like, oh, someone does something bad, they're going to get something bad back because whatever you're, you know, sow, you're going to reap. And that's that's correct. But you understand there's like a good side of this verse as well. There's like a a, a nice side of this verse. That if you sow good things, God's going to give you back good things. So if you sow in that spirit of giving and being willing to give when God tells you, guess what? You're going to reap that back. And when you have a need and you're in the spot that that you need something provided for, God's going to give to you. And we have that. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Nobody is ever going to stand before God one day and say, you cheated me. God's going to be a debtor to no man. He's keeping account. And even if nobody else knows what you give or when you gave or how much, God knows. And he's keeping track and he's not, like I said, going to be like, oh, well, I'm just going to overlook. No. He's saying, hey, I promised them something. They're going to reap what they sow. And so I know they did this. And so I'm going to give this back to them. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And verse number 6, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the Bible says this, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Once again, and it's in the context of giving. You sow sparingly, then guess what? You're going to reap sparingly. 
You're stingy, don't expect to get much from God in return. But when you sow bountifully, then guess what? You reap bountifully. Hey, you know why George Mueller could see God do so many amazing things in his life? It's because he gave God the opportunity to do those amazing things. Because he sowed bountifully and gave and wasn't like, oh, I got this money, so I'm just going to keep it so I can use it. He said, nope, God gave me this, and God wants me to give it to this person, so I'm going to get... And then God can provide again, and it was just a cycle of over and over, and it was amazing. And it's true in our lives. There wasn't some special dispensation or something like George Mueller was some mystical person that God said, I'll provide for you, but nobody else. I'm not saying you have to live like George Mueller. But God is faithful. And that's the thing, too, in verse number 7, it says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. God doesn't expect you to give just the same as the person across the aisle from you. Because God knows your situation. God knows what's going on in your life. God knows your circumstances. And so God's not going to measure you or judge you according to what someone else gives. He's going to look at you and say, this is what I want you to do. This is what you need to purpose in your heart to do. And that's why I say, I don't think God expects everybody in here to live just like George Mueller did. I don't think God expects everyone in here to live life just like I live. Why? Because we're all individuals, because we all have different circumstances, because God uses people in different ways. But the point being is there should be something that's purposed in your heart. God is going to work some things in your heart and speak to you about some things in your heart as an individual that he wants you to give. And we need to be faithful to follow that. And so bountifully. And not just, oh man, God gave me this. I'm going to, you know, like, uh, it's, you know, it hurts. To... Okay, God, you know what? I trust your word. Not that I'm just doing it to try to get something, but Lord, I believe your book. So God, I'm going to try to give with a cheerful heart, with a good spirit, to give liberally and trust that, man, you'll take care of me in return. And Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. It is a blessing when you can be a blessing to someone else. And that's even more of a blessing when God takes care of you and you got that joy of being a blessing, but yet God still provided what you needed. Like that happens. That's real. And it's a blessing. If you give to God, God will give to you. And we have a couple of minutes here, so I'll just look at a couple more verses just kind of along these thoughts and just some things that you can maybe stick in your pocket and think about and hopefully can be an encouragement. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 24. I'm just trying to give you some stuff this morning that can be a help and that can be an encouragement. Proverbs 11 and verse number 24, the Bible says this. It says, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Do you understand those verses go completely against man's thinking and completely against man's ways? Because what, I mean, to man's common sense... If I want something or need something, I need to gather for myself so I have enough for that. And if I give what I have, I'm not going to have what I need for what I need. But what does Jesus say? Or not Jesus, but what does the Bible say? What does God say here? There is that scattereth, that gives, that's, that's liberal, that's willing to, to, to focus on the needs of others. And you know what it says? There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. There are those that give, and you know what? God gives back to them, and they have more than what they had in the beginning. And it says, There is that withholdeth more than is meat, 
but it tendeth to poverty. There are people that hoard and focus on themselves and just gather up for themselves. You know what? It tends to poverty. It falls apart and they lose it. The liberal soul shall be made fat and he that waters shall be watered also himself. Right? Those that freely give, they're the ones that God's going to bless. And he that waters, he that cares for others, he that, he's going to be watered himself. He's going to be taken care of himself. And I found that to be true. That's not always easy. Hey, just as kind of an illustration, our, our youth group is going on a missions trip to Mexico next year. And it's pretty expensive to go to Mexico. And we have, at least as of right now, about 21 people going, and there's a chance that there's going to be some more going, and that's a lot of money. And so we, we were doing things to raise money for the missions trip, and we have a team fund and stuff, but it's like trying to help people out because it's going to be expensive. And normally every year, uh, near the end of the year, we have an apple cider press making. And we, uh, we make apple cider and then we sell it. And normally what we do is we give that money to missions. Well, of course, because, you know, we're doing the missions trip coming up and we're trying to raise money for it. I had the thought of like, you know, I kind of talked to the teens of, you know what, this year, instead of, you know, giving it to a missionary, we're just going to use it for our mission trip, which I, I don't think is a bad thing. I don't think it's a wrong thing. I don't think it's a sinful thing because we're trying to, I mean, we're going on a missions trip and we need money for it. But I was reading in my Bible and I kind of was praying about it. And the more I was praying about it, I'm like, I, I don't know if that's what the Lord wants us to do. And I came across this verse. And look, that, that, that doesn't make sense. Right? Because for mankind, well, you're going on a mission trip, so if you need, you need to gather as much as you can for yourself. But you know what I've seen in my life? That when we're willing to give to others, God's willing to give to us. And I, I talked to the teens and I let them, like, they did a vote on it. But I said, you know what? I think God wants us to give this money to a missionary instead of for ourselves. Because I think it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I think we should have faith that if we're willing to give to God, God's going to take care of our needs. And so that's what we did. And we raised $600 for the apple cider making. Of course, I was like, man, that's not have been nice to put toward our mission strip. But God's faithful. God provides for our needs. I mean, there was a lady that doesn't even know us, doesn't even go to our church, but through a different lady said, hey, we got some work for you to do. So we went over to her house and did some kind of minor work for like three hours. She gave us $1,000. Like... <laughs> God takes care. God provides. But you have to have faith in that. You can't just say it. You actually have to put that into action. And I know it's not always easy. It's like, man, I could just keep this for myself. And God says, well, why don't you give? Why don't you go be a blessing? And we're faithful to do that with a good attitude and a good heart. God says, okay, now let me me bless you. It's amazing. Go to Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37 and verse number 25. The Bible says this. This is the last passage we'll, we'll turn to. David says, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. You know, David says, I've lived a while and I've never seen a righteous man forsaken by God. I've not lived a long time, only 28 years old, but I've never seen anyone put their faith and trust in God and God's thing about to dry or God hasn't provided for them. I don't know of anybody that said, man, these people put their faith and trust. And once again, doing what God told them to do, not just of their own accord or their own, but God told them to do something and God, and they did. And they said, man, this, this didn't work out for me. Man, God took advantage of me. God didn't provide. I've never known of that happening. 
I mean, if anybody it could have happened to, it would have been George Mueller. If anybody had the chances for things to fall apart and to go hungry and to be in poverty and to fail, it would have been George Mueller. But the righteous have never been forsaken or a seed begging bread. God is always faithful to provide. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to trust that it is worth it to give to God and he will provide. And I'm not going to sit here and I wouldn't dare to stand here and tell you how much you should give or who you should give it to. or That's not my place and that's not my business. But it's God's. And if you're walking with the Lord and you have a relationship with him, he's going to speak to you. And he's going to lay some things on your heart. And you know what? What he lays on your heart may not be what he lays on your heart. What he lays on your heart might not be. And that's fine. That's okay. That doesn't have to all be the same thing. But we need to trust that if he tells us to do something, he's, he's going to provide for us. And I don't think it's a bad thing to have a giving spirit of just, whether it's missions, whether it's someone in the church, whether it's just trying to be a blessing to somebody, you have an opportunity. We live in a stingy world, and I understand, like, things are tight. I understand it's a, it's a scary world with fun. But maybe if we were more giving to others, God would be more giving to us. Maybe if we were more willing to put others first in front of ourselves, God would be more willing to show us some great, amazing things in our life of, of what he can do for us. But we have to give him that chance. We have to give him that opportunity. Many times the greatest things that happen for God are because people put themselves in a hard position, meaning they followed God into a spot that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Once again, if George Mueller didn't have that faith, there wouldn't be that book, there wouldn't be his testament. But he had to have the faith that I'm going to trust God and I'm going to follow God and I'm going to give when he tells me to give. And yeah, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but God's faithful. And because he did that, there's a testimony. Because he did that, there's a proof of God being true to his word. And folks, this world and other Christians need to see that in our lives. Hey, that I've never met George Mueller. But he, he has had more of an impact in my life than a lot of people. And hey, there are teenagers coming up in this church. There are young people coming up in this church. There are new, new saved people coming to this church. And they need to see that God's real. And not just, I mean, yes, praise the Lord for the Bible and the Bible. I'm not, not knocking the Bible or saying they shouldn't just read the Bible. But it means something. When they can look at someone that they like can physically see. And see God doing some amazing things in their life. You know what it does? It reinforces their faith in this book. And their faith in God. And we need that in our churches today. Faith Baptist Church needs that. God's Word Baptist Church needs that. Bible Believers Baptist. Our churches need it. But that means we need some Christians who are going to be willing to follow God at His Word. And sometimes put themselves in some uncomfortable situations because they're willing to follow God. But then, man, God does some amazing things, and you're like, wow, I'm glad I did that. Because look what God did for me. And then you have a testimony to share with others. A man, see what God did for me? Because we serve a great God, and he's very good. So once again, God provides, and God's good, and God's faithful. 
and I'm very thankful for that. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for what we can find in it and, Lord, how we can grow in it. And I thank you, Lord, for just uh, what it tells us. And, Lord, that you are a God that provides and that you are a God who's faithful to us. And Lord, sometimes that means you want us to sacrifice just like this church at Philippi. And, and Lord, we have to be in a hard spot and we have to uh, be willing to go out on a limb to trust you. But God, you're faithful. And Lord, you're true. And God, you've never forsaken the righteous. You've never made his seed begging bread. Lord, you're, you're not going to be mocked. You're not going to be made a fool. You're going to be faithful to do what you said that you would do. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for men like George Mueller, who were a testimony of this, and Lord, who had great faith. And I pray, God, you continue to increase my faith, continue to make me like that man, willing to give, willing to trust you. Thank you, Lord, for other men and, and women that I've seen in, in my life, Lord, that I have met that, Lord, have put you first. And, God, you've done great things in their life. And what a blessing that was and encouragement to me to do it as well. And, God, help me to be that way. And I thank you, Lord, for some of the testimonies I have. And you get the glory for all those. But, God, where I've given and you've proven yourself faithful to me. And, and Lord, that's something each one of us has to get to a point by ourselves in our life. Where, Lord, we can hear the stories, we can read the books, we can read... But, Lord, until we actually put it into action and see that you are who you said you were, God, like that's what strengthens and increases our faith and, and keeps us going down that road of trusting you. And so I thank you for these dear people. I thank you for their faithfulness, Lord. Uh, and, Lord, I pray you'd help them, Lord, to be people that trust you, that, Lord, give when you tell them to give, and that, Lord, you bless them in a great way and show yourself strong on their behalf. And Lord, I, I know you're faithful to your word, and I thank you for that, God. And I pray you prove that to this dear church and these dear people. So we love you. Thank you for the Sunday school hour. Pray you bless the morning service this morning. And Lord, be sure to give you the praise and glory and honor, because you're the one that deserves it. In Jesus' name, amen.